I used to have a show called Beauty Inside Out that I hosted with David Pollock. It was all about looking at what you're putting in your body and what you're putting on your skin. So I recently discovered a fantastic company, Osmosis Beauty, and I am thrilled to have them as a sponsor for Health Power. Now, what makes Osmosis Beauty so special is they have this unique philosophy. It's based on analyzing your skin and body as a whole, treating skin conditions at the source to restore beauty and wellness. Dr. Ben Johnson is incredible. Now, he developed Osmosis Beauty over 12 years ago with the goal of changing the direction of skincare away from excessive exfoliation and renewing the focus on dermal remodeling, barrier and DNA repair, and detoxification. The line includes non-toxic skincare products and treatments that combine the purity of naturally sourced ingredients with revolutionary doctor-developed and scientifically validated formulas that deliver on the brand's promise of permanent change. What I love is they offer skincare, but they also offer internal supplements as well as makeup. So I use Osmosis Beauty. I've seen a change in my skin. I absolutely love it. So to learn more, go to osmosisbeauty.com and follow the brand on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. I know we've all heard about strokes, but today we're going to get really into the nitty gritty about what we need to do and how we can help people who are having strokes with the wonderful Stephen Hetz, MD. Stephen Hetz, MD is Chief of Interventional Neuroradiology at the UCSF Mission Bay Hospitals, where he provides cutting edge, minimally invasive endovascular therapy for children and adults with stroke cerebrovascular disease and tumors, including retinoblastoma. He founded the Interventional Neuroradiology Services at San Francisco General Hospital and the San Francisco Veterans Administrative Hospital, where he served as chief until 2015. Dr. Hetz, welcome to Health Power. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I assume that everyone, of course, has heard the word stroke. Maybe they know someone who's had one. But can you actually just start by telling us what exactly is a stroke? What is happening in our bodies when we're having a stroke? Of course. There are two basic kinds of strokes. There's one where a blood vessel ruptures in the brain and causes bleeding. Uh, And then there's another kind of stroke where a blood clot blocks a blood vessel in the brain. And the kind where the blood vessel gets blocked is much more common in the United States, about 800,000 per year versus about 50 or 60,000 per year for the bleeding kind. We have an acronym BFAST, B-E-S. F-A-S-T, and each of those letters stands for something to remember in the context of stroke. So B is for balance. So if someone is unbalanced on their feet, that can be a sign of stroke. Uh, E is for eyes. So if they have a sudden change in their vision or a blind spot on one side. Uh, F is for face. So if their face is drooping on one side. A is for arm weakness. So again, if their arm is dropping on one side. S is for speech, so if their speech is slurred or they can't speak at all. And then finally, T is for time, to indicate to people this is a number one emergency. You need to call 911 right away. Do you often find, doctor, that people wait too long? Maybe they're a little confused. Maybe they think, oh, maybe the person had been drinking or maybe they're just tired or, you know, something else is causing them to show these or present with these symptoms. Yes, exactly. That's why stroke is a little harder to uh, wage public awareness campaigns around than, say, heart attack, where 
people all sort of know, oh, if I have crushing chest pain, I should go to the hospital right away. In stroke, because the symptoms can be variable, some people want to just you know, take a nap, sleep it off. And that's exactly the wrong thing to do. If you see any of these um, symptoms, you should call 911 right away because that's the best chance to get treated and make a full recovery. You know, this is pretty startling. Every 40 seconds, someone in the U.S. has a stroke. That's correct. Yeah. And most of that is that blockage of a blood vessel kind of stroke. Oh, my gosh. That is so scary. You know, I should mention we're talking about this for World Stroke Day, which is on October 29th. What happens when people don't act quickly? What are some of the outcomes? Yeah, if you don't act quickly uh, in the kind of stroke where you have blockage of a blood vessel in the brain, up to about 2 million neurons can die every minute that you don't get that blood vessel open. And in fact, if you look at it for every minute that you wait uh, to get treated, that is an extra week of life that you lose. And so it's tremendously important to come in as quickly as possible. Yeah, it really is. What do you do if you have a person and I don't want to go to the, I don't need to go to the doctor, you know, do you ever hear any of that of like, there's some pushback? Yeah, totally. And there are definitely people who don't want to go into the doctor. And again, I I would counter that by saying, often the desire not to go to the doctor is because people really value their independence and control over their own life. And the best way you can have continued independence and control over your own life is not to have a stroke. Uh, Because once you have these permanent neurologic deficits, you may not be able to live alone anymore. You may be in a nursing facility uh, or you may die. And so I would say that for people who really value their autonomy and their ability to take care of themselves, the most important thing they can do is to come in very quickly if they have any stroke-like symptoms. Now, I was reading that uh, currently most states do not have clear protocols to ensure a person who's having a severe stroke is transported directly to a level one stroke center. Yeah, there's a hierarchy of stroke uh, facilities these days. And the highest level, a level one stroke center, also known as a comprehensive stroke center, uh, has doctors like me and my colleagues who can very quickly go through the blood vessels in an operative procedure and pull out blood clots or seal up blood vessels that are bleeding. Uh, And that's the best place to go when you're having a severe stroke because we can treat you within minutes these days. Uh, There are lower level stroke facilities where you can go in and get uh, blood clot busting medication in the emergency room, for example, or lower than that, uh, stroke hospitals that can just diagnose. Uh, But really what we've learned over the last 20 years, now that we have very effective means to remove blood clots from the brain quickly, is going directly to the level one comprehensive stroke center is going to give you the best chance for the best outcome. And when did you know that you wanted to be a physician? Yeah, that started pretty early for me. I was in high school and my mother was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So I got very interested in health and the brain uh, kind of early in my life. Um, The interesting thing about my field, interventional neuroradiology, which is a mouthful, um, three specialties can sort of feed into it. So some of us come from a background in radiology, which is what I did. Some of us come from a background in neurosurgery, and some of us come from a background in neurology. And I think the real strength 
strength of this subspecialty is we draw upon all those levels of expertise. Uh, I actually got exposed to the field very early. During a summer in college, I came back to San Francisco and worked with some of the neurointerventionalists at UC San Francisco. And they were one of the first groups in the world who was doing this sort of treatment way back in the 1990s. And so I got that early exposure uh, and then and that influenced my choices. Subsequently. What are some of the risk factors for stroke? Yeah, in the United States, atrial fibrillation, which is a kind of uh, irregular heartbeat, is probably the biggest cause. Uh, and so regular health maintenance to check if you have an irregular heartbeat is really important. Uh, also atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries. Uh, and so cholesterol, high blood pressure, smoking, uh, use of methamphetamine or cocaine. These are the sort of things that, you know, need to be controlled to lower your risk factors for stroke. You know, you mentioned a moment ago about the, uh, and I forgot the acronym, but it, the, the ischemic event, the T- TIA. I'm pretty sure my father-in-law had that years ago. Would that be, do you call that like a mini stroke or to not have like a larger stroke? Like break that down a little bit. Yeah, so a transient ischemic attack, as it sounds, is temporary. And so it's really stroke-like symptoms that go away. But that can be an indication that a big stroke is going to happen soon. And in fact, people who have those transient symptoms, they very often go on to have a bigger stroke later. And so again, to take those symptoms seriously, even if you have stroke-like symptoms and they go away within a few minutes, you should still go to the hospital because then doctors can figure out, you know, was that really a a mini stroke or a transient ischemic attack? And what medications or other interventions can we do to lower your risk of having a really big bad stroke later? Yeah, you know, I know that there was some issues with the policymakers of as well. And if you can touch on that a little bit, what what's going on in that uh, area? Yeah, I think, you know, unlike trauma, which is very well organized nationally, and there are very distinct protocols, uh, stroke is state level or even regional level, like where I am in California. And there isn't a single triage Uh, system for stroke. And so that's what we need to move toward so that all the ambulances know I should bring people right to the Comprehensive Stroke Center. Uh, And that's just the protocol. Just like in trauma, we bring uh, trauma patients to the level one trauma center. Um, That's the main way that policymakers can help us in terms of reducing this burden to society of stroke. And what do you enjoy most about the work that you do? I, you know, it's cliche, right? But I enjoy helping people, you know, as a doctor and, you know, being able to see uh, people who come in very ill and being able to help them uh, get better is is really the most gratifying part of the job. And I think for me, what's also nice is uh, in my practice, I not only treat adults, but I also treat children. And I've had the privilege of treating people as young as two hours old and as old as 102 years old. So some of it is ischemic stroke, like we've been talking about, but more of it are actually uh, blood vessel malformations that can show up in childhood. What are the things, we only have a few minutes left, that you really want people to leave after they listen to this interview? I think, again, the most important thing is that sort of BFAST acronym and remembering that, you know, if you have stroke symptoms yourself or if you see someone near you who's having stroke symptoms, just call 911. It's far better to go in and be evaluated. Uh, If it turns out to be 
one of these emergent large vessel occlusion or elbow strokes that we can pull a blood clot out. That's the best chance for someone to get better. Even if it turns out not to be that kind of stroke, if it turns out to be a more uh, temporary stroke-like event called a transient ischemic attack, we can work on secondary prevention so you don't subsequently have a stroke, for example. And so that's really the most important thing is being aware of those BFAS stroke symptoms and to call 911 to get brought into uh, the Comprehensive Stroke Center as quickly as possible. Dr. Hetz, I really appreciate you coming on to talk about World Stroke Day. Again, everybody, we got to take this seriously, pay attention to yourself and your loved ones. And how do we learn more about this, doctor? Yeah, there is a website uh, that you can go to called getaheadofstroke.org. And that has a lot of useful information about stroke uh, and its care. All right, Dr. Hess, thank you so much. Everybody keep coming back to Health Power. Follow me on social media at Lisa Davis MPH. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.